for some reason, meaningful words are just so hard to say. And uh, I was thinking about this as we prepare to talk about what we're going to talk about here in week two of Best Gift Ever. We're talking about these things that you can say that are just amazing gifts to others. But we have a tradition in our family where when it's someone's birthday, we get together and we go, when we, we may be going out to eat or we may be doing something at someone's house. And we've been doing this for years now, but what, there would come a moment near the end of our time together where we stop and everyone goes around and says something that they love and appreciate about the, the person whose birthday it is. And I'm telling you, it's powerful. Like, it gets real. It gets emotional at times. And, you know, I'm not an, a, a real crier. Uh, if I'm crying, it's a big deal. Uh, but you, I always feel the lump well up in me, within me every time we do this. And it just, it's kind of intense. It's even intense to be on the other end of it. When it was my birthday this summer, we did this, and we were just at our house doing some stuff, having a dinner together. Uh, no, it was actually at my in-law's house. And I remember by the time it was over, when everyone went around and shared, I was like sweating, like dripping with sweat, because it was such an intense experience to have other people tell you, I want to tell you on your birthday what I love and appreciate about you. But we were confessing at some point during this year, we, uh, we did birthdays a lot differently with it being in a pandemic, but we were able to pull it off and able to do it. And it's almost like that sharing part was more front and center than usual, you know, because it was kind of the thing, the biggest thing we were doing. I mean, we weren't able to go out and do the stuff we maybe normally would do for a birthday. But we were confessing that during the day, many of us are having the same experience where we're like, okay, what do I say? Like, what's the thing that I want to make sure I say? And then almost getting this nervousness about it throughout the day because, you know, later that night you're going to have that birthday gathering and have to tell someone what you really feel about them. It was funny. We were like saying, this is intense, this, this thing we do. We love it, and we'll continue to do it for the rest of our lives, I'm sure. But it's not easy but that's why these are what Gordon McDonald, uh, 80-year-old pastor and author, he calls them these inner core transactions. They're just words. They cost us nothing from our wallet, but they're a big deal. They cost us something else. They cost us something in vulnerability. They cost us something in relational collateral, if you will. And because of that, this, this is why the things we're talking about over these five weeks, they really are some of the best gifts you can ever give someone. Last week, we talked about the best gift ever of the words, thank you. Today, what I want you to know is that one of the best gifts you can ever give someone is your sincere, I'm sorry. Your sincere, I'm sorry. It's a big deal. And for some reason, I believe these are two of the hardest words for us to say. I know people, I have people in my life that I have never heard them say these words, actually. I also have people in my life that I've met, that I know, they say it like it's their job to say it. Like they're, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I think there probably is another sermon there where maybe someone in their life made them feel like things were always their fault, so they had to go around apologizing a lot, or maybe there's some self-worth things going on there. Uh, but most of us, I think, actually struggle saying these words and saying them sincerely to others. Uh, kids, 
Students, I want to see a little raise of hands. And if you're watching online at home on Facebook or YouTube, I want you to participate in this as well. I want you to raise your hand, kids and students especially here, if your parents ever made you tell someone that you're sorry. Anybody? All right, we have a few. Now, adults, think about your childhood. Raise your hand if your parents ever made you. Like, you're going to get punished if you don't say I'm sorry. Anybody else? Yeah, a lot of us have. It's good. I can see you all at home raising hands too, maybe. Uh, It's funny because you know what it was like if you remember those times when you had to say, I'm sorry. How did you say it? You said, I just want you to know how deeply apologetic I am for the pain that I've caused you. No, you said, sorry. Or the foghorn version, sorry. You know, something like that, right? It's obvious you don't mean it. You're just trying to dodge a second punishment from your parents. So it's not really that sincere when you do it that way. Uh, So we're going for a sincere apology. You know, maybe growing up, I should have, instead of making my kids say I'm sorry to someone, I should have probably said, you know, here's why you should be I'm sorry. Maybe you should consider saying the words I'm sorry so you can mend the relationship. But that takes a lot of time and energy and intentionality, so we didn't do it that way. Um, But here's a great quote from one of our founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin. He says, never ruin an apology with an excuse. Never ruin an apology with an excuse. I got a list of uh, apology tips, if you will. If you're going to give this gift away, you're going to give the gift of I'm sorry to someone, here's some really, really good pieces of advice for you. First one, be sincere. We've already said it multiple times, but make sure you really mean it. That's important because we all have a good radar for that. We have a pretty good radar for Is this sincere or are they just doing this? Be sincere. Secondly, be specific. If you want to really give someone the gift of an I'm sorry that is powerful, don't just say I'm sorry. Say I'm sorry for, and then be specific. When you do that, you're letting them know, I did it. I see what I did. I know exactly what I did, and I see how it affected you. So therefore, I am sorry for filling the blank. It's really good. The, the sheet that came in the kids' swag bags, that, that's a great sheet to fill out because it helps you to work through that. Don't just say I'm sorry, but why? What was it that, that went wrong? What is it that you actually did that was maybe hurtful to someone else? The third one's my favorite. I love this one. You ready? Leave your butt out of it. Quit saying but after you say I'm sorry. Because it totally negates the I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you did this and said this, and if you wouldn't have then I wouldn't have had to do this and say this, and therefore, but I'm sorry. <laughs> nope, sorry, you're not sorry. <laughs> when you say but after I'm sorry, you are totally negating that wonderful opportunity to, to really give a sincere, life-giving, relationship-mending, I'm sorry. So, yeah. Leave that butt out of that. People do this with I love you too. And that's like, oh, it makes me cringe when I hear someone say, I love you, but I'm like, whoa, don't do that. (laughs) You're basically negating the I love you. Don't ever do that. So one of my favorite apologies of all time is found in the Bible. And it comes from a man that the Bible describes as a man after God's own heart. His name is David. 
And when I see that phrase, I think it's so intriguing to hear that he was described as a man after God's own heart. What does that even mean? I think a good way to describe it is that this, this is God's dude. I mean, this is God's guy. He is the kind of guy, if there's ever a man that God was just super pleased with, it was David. He was a man after God's own heart. But David royally blew it. I love what Missy said in her Grove Kids video that it, it, we're all going to have to say I'm sorry at some point. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. And David's a great example of it. He's a super good, righteous man who loved God so much. But he blew it. In fact, he blew it so royally, there could have been a steamy novel written about it. <laughs> he literally stole the wife of one of the soldiers who was in his army. And in order to cover it up, he arranged with the general to put him on the front line so he would be killed. It's the craziest thing ever. But God sent a prophet named Nathan to confront him about what he had done. And when that happened, it wrecked David. And just like Taylor Swift, he wrote a song about his feelings, all right? The song is Psalm 51. I'll read part of that to you. It says, this is David, after he realized what he had done. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. This is beautiful. A true act of repentance. I mean, he is owning his sin. No excuses. I'm a sinner. And you are right, God, and I am wrong. And I've always been a sinner, and I am undeserving, but I'm asking for you to help me. I'm asking for you to, to blot out my transgressions. It's beautiful. And friends, it reminds me of the whole reason that Christmas ever happened. Jesus came to save us from our sins. He came so that by saying what David said, it actually results in an inner core transaction between us and God that totally transforms our lives, that totally flips the script. We don't get a verdict we deserve because all we have to do is come before God with a sincere I'm sorry. And the, and the Bible promises that he grants us mercy and forgiveness. You know, we could spend the whole month actually examining the Old Testament about Christmas. There are so many prophecies fulfilled with Christmas. I'm just going to give you one verse today, though. Isaiah 7:14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. When you see this written in the New Testament, it's literally quoting Isaiah 7.14. Now, the prophet Isaiah didn't just prophesy about the first Christmas. He also prophesied about the first Easter. Later on in Isaiah, he says this in chapter 53. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. 
and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. In other words, the prophecy is that this baby Jesus, conceived of a virgin, placed in a cradle, would grow up to be nailed to a cross so that your sin and my sin, your failures and my failures, your mistakes and my mistakes, all would be placed upon Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, will be placed upon him, paid for by his death, by his blood. Is because of his wounds, we are healed, the Bible says. It's an amazing gift. It's why the Apostle Paul taught this, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Without Christ, sin, death, the end. But because of Jesus Christ, sin, I'm sorry, forgiveness and mercy, abundant and eternal life forever. <laughs> That's why Jesus really is the best gift ever, isn't he? I mean, he really is. And what's really cool is a pandemic or any circumstances we face this Christmas, this Christmas cannot take it away. It cannot steal that gift from us. I love what the angel said to Joseph in a dream in that first Christmas account in Matthew 1. It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. Lost my place. <laughs> there it is. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus literally means Savior or he saves. That's why he came. And the angel was already telling Joseph before he even met this baby, you're going to call him this because this is why he's coming in the first place. This is why he's here. This is why he's arriving. That's the reason for the advent of the Messiah. I want to give you another promise. 1 John 1 and verse 8, it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Think about that promise for just a moment. Now, all we have to do to experience the amazing gift of Jesus, the best gift ever, all we have to do is come before him with an, a sincere, I'm sorry, I have sinned. I am a sinner, oh God, just like David did. All you have to do is do that, and it changes everything. And I would ask you today if that's something that you've done or not. Have you experienced that yet? Have you experienced the life-giving moment of realizing that everything you have ever done that could be held against you by a holy, righteous God is completely taken away? Mercy, grace, unconditional love, completely given to you. All you have to do is ask for it. All you have to do is say, God, I'm sorry. I want to circle back, though, and talk about, again, how this is also 
the best gift you could ever give someone. Your sincere I'm sorry to someone else. I want to read to you one more verse in James 5. It speaks to the power of this. James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. There's something life-giving and healing about confessing to one another. When you give your I'm sorry to someone else and you tell them, I am sorry, and even sometimes saying, you know what? I want to trust you with something that I had to say I'm sorry to God for. I had to tell God I'm sorry for this, and I just need to tell that to you. When you have those kind of core transactions in your life, they heal you. And I just wonder right now, whether you're watching or listening online or you're in this room today, how maybe there's been some delayed healing in your heart and soul because you have an I'm sorry that you've not spoken yet, that needs to be spoken, that needs to be given away to someone. Let me give you two next steps to consider taking this morning. The first one is this. Open up the gift of Jesus's forever forgiveness. This is why he came. He was born to die on a cross so that if you just come and say, I confess my sins to you, God. I'm a sinner, and I need you to be my Savior. Would you please, oh, Lord, would you please forgive me of all my sins? If you've never done that, then the the gift of eternal life is wrapped with your name on it, and you just haven't opened it yet. I invite you to open it today by faith. And all you have to do is pray and say, God, would you please forgive me and save me from my sin? That's it. It's awesome. It's amazing. Let me give you another step to consider taking. And that's give the gift of your sincere I'm sorry to someone. And and probably what you might need to do, what I want to invite you to do today is to ask God to show you who needs to receive that gift from you. And I say that with caution because it's not just that they need that. Most likely, you're the one that needs that. Because there's something healing about giving away and I'm sorry that you've been holding back. And maybe you've been holding it back long enough to where you don't see that you need to give it away. But in this moment today, with God's help, maybe he'll open your eyes to see, oh man, I need to give an I'm sorry to this person. It could be someone that's right under your roof. It could be someone that you've not talked to in a long time. Ask God to show you who it is you need to give an I'm sorry to. And if he reveals that to you, ask him for the courage and the timing and the guidance and the words And go give that sincere apology away. And you know what? No matter what their response would be, you have been obedient to the Lord. And you're the one that's going to be healed and experience a blessing for being obedient to God. So what will it be today? Have you unwrapped your gift of Jesus Christ's forever forgiveness? If not, I encourage you to open it right here and right now. And if you have done that, pray. And ask God to show you who needs to get your gift of an I'm, a sincere I'm sorry from you today. Let's pray together. Will you bow with me? 
Father, in the quietness of this moment right now, there might be one watching or listening or someone in this very room. The gift of forgiveness, forever forgiveness, has been wrapped their entire lives with their name on it. But they've not unwrapped it yet. And now it's time. You've invited them once again. Would you just come? Would you just come and ask me? If you confess your sins, I will forgive you. I hear you say in those words, you speak it, speak it in your word today to us, directly to our hearts. May someone call upon you right now, Lord, and just say, God, forgive me of all my sins. I need you to save me. Please have mercy on me, oh God, a sinner. Oh Lord, everything in your entire word says that if we do this, you give us the free gift of eternal life, forever forgiveness. Help the one praying that right now to know right here, right now, they are forgiven forever. And that they now belong to you, the family of God. And nothing can take that away. And Lord, we also come before you and ask us, ask you to show us who in our circle of relationships do we need to give an I'm sorry to? And Father, maybe we've been holding it back, burying it deep within us. And maybe we think it's been hurting them, but it's really been hurting us. Lord, show us who we need to give that I'm sorry to and then give us the courage and give us the timing and the right words to get out there and as soon as possible, give that I'm sorry away. Knowing that it could be the best gift we ever give them, but even to give ourselves. Father, thank you for teaching us this today from your word. Lead us and guide us into your good and perfect will today. And I pray it in the name that is above all names, the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you all so much for worshiping with us today. And listen, we would love to hear from you, especially if you opened up your gift of eternal life and forgiveness and grace from God. We want to pray for you. We want to cheer you on. We want to encourage you. And so if you took a step of faith or if you're just thinking about it and maybe have some questions, here's how you begin a conversation with us. Just text the word GIFT to our church number, 859-356-3162. We would love to hear from you. We would absolutely love that. And listen, I don't know what's going on in your life right now. I don't know what you're dealing with. I know this 2020 just tends to continue to be crazier and crazier. But I want you to walk out of here knowing this today. No matter what's going on with you, nothing can take away the absolute amazing love that God has for you. That's his gift to you. He loves you so much. And as we walk out of this place today, walk out of here knowing you are loved by him. All right? God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your day. You're dismissed.